Welcome to the Floor Education Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hedin, owner of Illustrious Hardwoods in Mesa, Arizona. We're here to talk with contractors from all across the country about how to hire a contractor, DIY trips, and what's trending in the flooring world. This week's guest is Liz Calandrino. Liz ran seven carpet and furniture liquidation stores for many years and brings her insights from that time to us. We discuss what homeowners need to consider when hiring installers and why they need to ask more questions. Liz Calandrino, do I have you on the line? Yes, you do. Awesome. Welcome to Floor Education. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. I'm glad to be with you. Oh, this is exciting. I, yeah. I'm i so happy to have you on the show. I know that you've been involved with the industry for years, and I am still a, a small fish in a very large <laughs> pond, and you are a big fish, so I am honored to have you here. Why, thank you. I've never been called a big fish before, but that's good. I'm good. <laughs> Not, you, are, you are very much a, a small lady. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, thank you for being here. Why don't you give us a little bit of your background? Well, I grew up in the construction business. So I used to go out with my father on job sites and my uncles all worked for my father. So, you know, we had a bricklayer, we had um, straight from Italy and, you know, we had an electrician and a plumber and my father did carpentry work. So my dad would take me out on jobs and, and he would ask me these strange questions. Even when I was little, he'd say to me, well, suppose we broke a customer's lamp what would you do? And I'd say, well, daddy, we'd have to fix it. And he'd say, oh, that's good. And then he'd say, well, suppose we couldn't fix it. And I'd say, well, we have to buy her one. So he he said to me, those are great customer service questions. And so that was when I wrote my book, uh, Red High Customer Service, I really wrote it for my dad because he had the absolute best customer service of anyone I ever knew. So um, you know, I was, like I said, I was really involved in the construction. And then a number of years later, um, a number of years, I think it was probably maybe uh, 20 years later, my sister had called me and said, you know, I have a contact in the furniture business. Why don't we go into the furniture and carpet business? And I said, well, yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, I was teaching college and, um, I thought that'd be a good idea. She was younger than me and what we'd always talked about business. So uh, we went into business and we added carpet with it. We started with furniture, then added carpet. And we started with one store. We were going to do a thousand stores. I mean, if you're going to play, you should play big, right? I agree. And so my one of our partners eventually did do a thousand stores. They were called Jennifer Convertibles across the country. Um, but we only did seven, only seven, and we built a pretty big commercial business. And I handled that, and we sold that um, eventually. I retired from flooring on that level uh, in the year 2000, I believe it was. So I've been consulting ever since then, but I, I've been involved in all parts of it, and I, I handled the installers. 
And that was, was, was kind of interesting. I handled the installers because I, I was used to subcontractors. Mm-hmm. You know, so my dad, you know, gave me good ideas about taking care of people and making sure that they felt good about themselves. And I mean, he was a really, really good guy. So that's how it all started for me. And, you know, I really liked it. I liked sales a lot. And so I liked growing the commercial business. So that's kind of how, you know, eventually I ended it. And even after I retired, the gentleman who bought our commercial business said to me, hey, you want to you want to still call on architects? And I said, sure, why not? So I worked with him for a couple of years, too. So it's kind of like I never really gave it up and then went back into really consulting for business owners. And, and that's where I've been. That's what I've been doing ever since, helping them develop their brand, their brand image, helping really differentiate themselves and help them, you know, build really build. Uh, understanding their installation and how installation is what made them. Um, at one point, I also did, I worked for Carpet One and I was there at the time. I was, I helped develop the installation excellence program they had. And and that was a really, really good thing for them. And that was really, really important. Like how do you build like a five-star installation team And what are the things that you need to do? And this was like years and years ago, but it revolutionized the installation for them. Okay. And so I know you're, you're still doing consulting. Do you focus just on flooring stores and owners at this point and installers, or are you out there consulting with multiple types of businesses? Well, I consult with multiple types where I live. There's not, really not a lot of floor covering stores, believe it or not. I'm in upstate New York and there's not really anything big up here. I, so I, but I do some consulting for management companies and I have several architects that I work with. And that's, it's interesting because that's kind of a really, that's a niche for me. I understand what architects have to do to get business. So on LinkedIn, my profile must mention that because I have two architect clients and I have management clients because I do work for um, realtors. Okay. I am approved by the state of New York to provide several classes for them for their they need to get um, their uh, certifications. So I teach, believe it or not, I teach a nine-hour floor covering class. It's six hours one day, three day, three hours the next. And it's all about floor covering. And I'm packed. I mean, I've done it in Albany. I've done it in Rochester, New York. I've been Staten Island. And I'm going to Poughkeepsie in a couple of weeks. So I teach floor covering. And I usually get a partner. I usually pick up a manufacturing partner who will come and provide all my products and um, talk a little bit, not much about what they have. And I also teach aging in place, which is a really hot topic. And I want to talk a little bit about that for installers. So whenever you want me to chat about that, because that's, it's a, it is a place for installers and people who own flooring businesses. And I teach um, outside building, building your outside business. It's kind of a fun class on, 
how do you take floor covering and take it outside? So I teach that one. And um, actually, I, and I teach another class called The Value of Historic Homes. Okay. What it means to live in a historic neighborhood and the kinds of things um, that happen with with these kinds of houses and things that you need to know. So and I usually do that with whatever city I'm in. So I look at I look at codes and uh, things like that. I I have been a certified uh, instance. What do you call it? All of a sudden I'm going, what do you call it? Um, I used to be an inspector. I did that for 10 years. So I like that part of learning, but I, I don't do that much anymore. I, I stopped doing that. It's just it's just way too much work. I I can see that. I mean, you got to go out. You got to look at the property. You've got to inspect it. You got to go back, write the report, come up with the wrong. Mm. It, you can end up in court over them. And it, it, inspectors definitely don't have an easy time for sure. They can they can put a lot of hours in for something that seems pretty straightforward and simple. Well, yeah. And if you're going to hustle for your money, which is what I do, I always laugh. I mean, that's what I do. I hustle. I look for clients all over. If I'm going to look for clients, I, you know, it's way better to look for business owners and pretty much successful business owners are the ones I look for. I mean, everybody can use your help, but not everybody can pay you. Right. So I always have to look for, you know, people who really want to make also a commitment. I'm, you know, would prefer to come in, you know, for a few days and do some online training with you after I come in to make sure that whatever we decide that you want to do, that you can continue to do it. In other words, not just a one shot deal. Yes. So with your background, having run the stores, you've, you've dealt with the installers uh, and managed them. What is it that homeowners need to be prepared for when they have, stores coming out to give them bids or guys like me that run their own show and are installers and also have products to sell? What what are things they need to be prepared for and questions that they should have in mind to vet the, the salespeople and installers coming out to their home? Well, as a, as a consumer, one thing that would be very good would be to go online go to the store and to ask some questions about people on online on their stores. Like, um, is there, and look around, is there anything about installers on there or does the installer have their own social media and a page, which is terrific. And they really should, or, or do they write a blog? Mm -hmm. Like if I was an installer, I'd write a blog and how to hire the best installer. So they should be looking to find out, about their installers. Is licensing an issue? Like in some states it is. Uh, it's not in New York, but in some states, licensing is critical. So they might want to check on that. They might want to check on some certifications. You know, if I was an installer, first of all, I can still remember when I had my stores, we never called it installation. We called it custom installation. Okay. We advertise custom installation. And the reason being is there's no such thing as just installation. It is custom installation. And we all know that custom commands more value. 
So when you say to the customer, you know, we do custom installation. Now the customer's thinking, oh, this is going to cost me a little bit more, but I'm going to get exactly what I want. So if I were a consumer, I would be out looking for what kind of installers are they? And, you know, I rarely see anybody that puts up that I am, I do custom installation. I had a friend who was an installer and he worked in New York City and he only did high end work. And he said they actually showed up with white gloves. He said, Liz, we did the most expensive jobs out there. We showed up in white gloves. We always had booties on. You know, we always had these sign off sheets. We walked through with the customer and we looked at the rooms and made sure everybody was clear on what was going to happen in those rooms. And we called the customer back afterward to make sure everything was okay. Now, as a consumer, these are things you should be doing. You should be looking at that walkthrough and making sure the colors that you got are right. I mean, how many times have we ordered things? I was in Marshall's one day mm-hmm. and I looked at the sweater and I said, oh, what a great color it was like. In my head, it was coral. Well, I got home. It was some awful pink. Well, it's because the lighting was terrible in there. They had fluorescent lights and they weren't color-coded they were just regular fluorescent so they changed the colors so i think a consumer should look at their floors if they're doing carpet they should be looking at the colors and always remember that if you're going to paint if you haven't painted already which probably should do once you put that if it's carpet down the color is going to change because the reflection from the light makes colors look different These are things that consumers never think about. And I, you know, I was at a Home Depot training probably 20 years ago. And one of the uh, associates had been sued uh, by an interior designer because she, the interior designer, insisted that the colors were not right. Well, the colors weren't right. They looked at the sample and the sample was old, really old. Mm -hmm. So... It was a pretty big lawsuit, but they had they paid for everything. And the poor um, associate was like in tears. She didn't she really didn't know. But she learned after that that, you know, the color, you have to be sure the color's right. So I think these are things that consumers take for granted. You know, oh, I bought it. So it's probably right. Well, you know, you have to you know, you have to take care of yourself. You, and you do. Yeah, and the war. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, I think uh, it's really important that you get samples and you take them to your house. You can't just look at it in the store and say, you know, that looks good. Because, the, like you said, the lighting, the fluorescent lighting overhead in the store was way different than what it looked like in the lighting in your house when you got that sweater home. Home Depot had problems because the sample had aged and the color wasn't true anymore. So... You really you need to get it into your house and check it, and make sure it works with what you have going on. Hold on to it for a couple of days. Put it in different rooms. Make sure that it looks good in the morning, the evening, in the afternoon. It looks good under your fluorescent lighting or your tungsten lighting, you know, and you're happy with it all the time. You, you know, one of the interesting things um, when you look at complaints, You know, I've had customers call me and say, you know, I need you to come over because there's a seam in the middle of my floor. 
And I'd say, well, tell me more. And they'd say, you have to come over at four o'clock, though, because that's when it really shows. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because it's a it is a shadow from the window. Oh, my heavens. I can't tell you how many times I've been out on those complaints. It's just a shadow. And of course, it looks like a seam right down the middle or wherever it is. And, um, you know, I used to laugh at those kind of things, but never with the customer, because those are the kind of things they don't think about. So. Those are things that they need to look at, especially if somebody comes in, does the measuring for them, and they should be asking about, you know, tell me what, let's look at this. I want to see it in the dark. I want to see when it's a little darker. And like you said, they need to look at it different times of the day. And also to look at that piece of carpet, if it's carpeting, and vacuum it. I mean, what is it going to look like when I vacuum, you know? Mm -hmm. it, when I vacuum it, does it look like, does it change color again? So they need to know what they're buying and they need to know, again, how to take care of it. You know, we're looking at luxury vinyl these days, lots of wood. And that's another issue. How does the customer take care of these things? And, you know, Murphy's oil soap should be banned from the world. Oh, but, so many cleaners should. <laughs> right. And because and it's always said... Murphy's oil soap for your wood floors and there isn't anything well there probably are worse things but you know it attracts dust dirt cat hairs and whatever so there are things they should find out how do I maintain this floor and what what is suggested by the manufacturers there's the key word right there manufacturer please yes please check with the manufacturer when you're wanting to find out how to clean your floor don't just trust what your installer says or what the store you're going through says call get the paperwork call the manufacturer like liz said that it's it's huge because i i see a lot of complaints in my area in arizona where people are like oh hardwood's so hard to clean it's it's like one of the worst floors I've ever had. And a lot of it comes down to folks are cleaning it with cleaners that aren't meant for that wood. And then the minute you use some kind of specialty cleaner on it, you put a film on it. And now there's this film and that's why it looks glossy or that's why it gets streaky all the time. And so the minute you put a, a cleaner that's not meant for that floor, you've already ruined it. And you've got to make sure that you're doing what the manufacturer says, because honestly, their lawyers and wording on their warranty is something that we're never going to be able to to beat. And so you've got to kind of follow. You, well, you can't kind of you have to follow what they say to a T and then those warranties stay in place. Well, you know, I have a an income apartment in my house. And when the woman moved in, I. I have hardwood floors. It's old, 1860. So there's hardwood floors. And I gave her what I wanted her to clean the floors with. I said, please don't use anything else on these floors. They were stand and finish. I said, take care of them. And in the kitchen, there was a luxury vinyl. And I said, this is how you clean that. One day I'm upstairs and I smell Clorox. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine what she's cleaning. I go downstairs. She's cleaning the wood floors with Clorox. Oh, I no. Said, what are you doing? She said, well, I mean, my mother told me or something something like that about, you know, Clorox is what you clean everything with. And I said, yeah, but don't clean my wood floors. Don't clean the kitchen floors. You don't have to clean anything in this apartment with Clorox. It's not one of the things I gave you. So even when you 
even when people are told what to clean with, you know, they often resort back to these old ideas that they have. You know, I think that when you look at a customer, it's funny, you know, you look at a customer and I think you should look at their age, you know, I'm sure this is a very discriminatory statement, <laughs> but, you know, if you're over X, it's very likely that they use Murphy's oil soap, Clorox, and uh, pine salt. Things that leave films or actually destroy stuff. So, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I should have known she was she was over fifty. I should have known that she knew all about Clorox. So, <laughs> and, and look, Clorox has many many places. You know, it's it's great for clothes if you use it properly and don't put it in with your colors. You can get that color safe Clorox. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to, it, it's just, it's too harsh of a chemical to put on a floor like that. And it's going to ruin the finish. And right. that's and the last thing you want. Yes. And, you know, back to, you mentioned, we were talking a little bit about war- manufacturing warranties. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the warranty for your installation work, you know, does the store give you a warranty? Is it in addition to what the installer gives you? And, you know, if I was an installer, I would have my own warranty with exclusions on it mm-hmm. that, you know, that you can't, you know, I would come back and look at, a, you know, in a couple of years or whatever, I would, I would come in and take a look. Um, it wouldn't be that I would fix everything, but certain things would be covered. But if you're going to drag furniture out over it, if you're going to decide you want to move a piece of carpet from one room to the next or whatever flooring you have, that's not my problem. But I think consumers don't ask enough and they have a lot of assumptions about how things should be taken care of for them. And it's just not really true. That's just not the way it is. So they need to have an idea of what is covered, what is not covered. And, you know, again, if I was an installer, I would or a a store owner, I would sell a warranty. You know, I sold warranties. I sold a floor covering warranty. In my case, it included a cleaning and it included I would be back in one year to do a walkthrough with you and I would make um Uh, recommendations for you but i sold it now look people buy warranties for everything i think as an owner or an installer you're really foolish not to sell the customer something i mean i was just i had my tv on the other day and i heard about these auto warranties they sell these auto warranties if your car is less than 20 years old now who buys warranties with all due respect it's oftentimes women because most of us are not that handy when it comes to taking things apart, putting them back together again. So for us, a warranty, you know, my car breaks down. I'm not even lifting up the hood on the car. You know, I've got to call somebody. Mm-hmm. Now, guys would be out there, probably three or four of them out there, at least looking for something, right? So I think we make a huge mistake by not offering a warranty to the consumer on the installation, definitely on the installation, because, look, I don't care whose products you buy. I don't care how much they cost you. They mean absolutely nothing until they're installed. I used to tell my salespeople used to say, you like the installers better than us. 
And I used to say, listen, with all due respect, I can get a salesperson, but I can't get an installer that's good. And I have to take, you have to take good care of them. You have to understand that they are, for you, they are your best marketer. When an installer puts in a job, then you, the customer loves it. I mean, that's it. But if, if it looks terrible, you're never going to get another customer. So, again, I was talking about warranties. Mm-hmm. I think consumers should be getting warranties from on installation that are written, that, again, that have exclusions. We're not going to, you know, redo your whole house for you, on, you know, for nothing. And um, this will help them ease their mind a little bit. And it differentiates you from everybody else. It's that custom installation work that you do with that custom warranty that you can't get from anybody else. No, I totally agree. The, excuse me, <clears throat> the the biggest thing is, so in Arizona, as a, as a licensed contractor, I am required to offer two years of workmanship warranty out, out the gate. That's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Mm-hmm. I, I myself... We'll talk about that with my potential clients when I'm out bidding a job. And it, it's funny because they'll have other licensed contractors out, but nobody else talks about it. And I've oftentimes been complimented on the fact that I mentioned that there's a warranty. So one, just bringing it up and knowing that I have to offer one, I'm already ahead of the ball game. Two, you you know, we were talking about the manufacturer warranties and and good installations. Well, if that workmanship on the install is poor, that manufacturer warranty won't stand up. And so mm-hmm. you get no warranties if that if that workmanship on that install is poor. And so you're exactly right. We do the installers on the front line need to be educated. You need to make sure that they're doing things properly. And I'm not saying as a consumer to go out and and learn how to install your own floors, but you can ask questions. You can you can look up little things and see that they are they doing are. it properly, so you know you are getting a product installed properly. You know it. They, there needs to be gaps left around the edges on hard surface installs. Carpet needs to be stretched in with a proper carpet stretcher, not a stinger, and it, it can't be kicked in everywhere. You know, right. so there's there's little things that you can look at and know that this is being done properly versus this is just getting thrown in and I'm going to have a problem a year or two down the road. The other thing is that a consumer should be home. You know, I, we always insisted that the consumer be home, be prepared. Now, you're always going to get somebody who says, I can't be home and they leave the 12 year old home. These days, you shouldn't leave your 12 year old year old at home anyway with people you don't know you shouldn't do that mm-hmm. but they should be you know they should be asking how much should i owe although i think the job should be pretty much paid for up front before they ever get there if you can get the job paid it should be paid but they should be prepared to make the final payment they should do the walkthrough and make sure it is the way they expected it to be and get those little things fixed because mm-hmm. sometimes it's those little things that the inspector gets called for. You know, maybe in the hallway it was wrinkled. That could have been fixed immediately, but now, no, it didn't get fixed. And and so now they got to call the inspector in to find out what it was. And it was just a simple thing that should have been done. Yeah. But consumers need to make sure that when it's done, 
it is done the way they expected it to be done. And again, you know, that's really the, the, the store's responsibility or whoever is out there with the consumer consumer who's selling it should be doing that, that walkthrough in the beginning, showing them where the steams are going to go and what the light looks like in that room. So we don't have that problem, which is oftentimes the inspection issue, which is, oh, that seam is showing when there isn't even one there. Um, so consumers need to take a little bit more responsibility. And when I teach my class to realtors, now realtors aren't, we consider realtors as um, they're, they may, may not be the client, but, but they are the kind of people who will definitely get you a client. I mean, if you think about it, who has more customers than a realtor? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Right. So that's why working with them. And I always explain to them, you know, if you're going to help your customer look for floor covering, you know, the best thing you can do is make sure that you're checking on their warranties, making sure that the person who is selling them the flooring or doing the installation does that walkthrough with them. And then, you know, then they can be reassured because floor covering in a new house is expensive. Or if someone buys an old house. Now, where I live, there's lots of historic homes. And so oftentimes, I was just in a house this morning, as a matter of fact. My friend um, called me and he said, you know, I just finished an estate auction here. Come out and look at this house. So we went out, it was like 7 o'clock this morning, to see what kind of things he had there. Oh, my God, the carpet was so, there was the carpet was like 20 years old. And so we were laughing about that. He said, you know, I'm going to sell this house. What should I do with this carpet? I mean, and I said, well, the basement, you don't need to take that out. That just needs to be clean. That is really expensive carpet. But you've got wood under here, you know, so you're going to rip this out, you know, and you're going to need to get somebody in here to, to make sure those floors underneath, they're probably not, they're not 100 years old, like a lot of them are here. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're 40, but you need somebody to come take a look at that. So realtors are really important to the floor covering and also to consumers, you know, um, they can get a lot of help from the realtors to go out and look at flooring um, that could help them with some of the questions, but um, they just typically just need to ask more questions. So they're not surprised. Like when they're told that the wood has to be in the house, 48 hours and needs to be in the living room. You know, these are things, that they don't really know about unless of course they go online yeah. and they look at, look it up. But these are things that like you mentioned, ex expansion joints. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many complaints I've been out on when the customer said, why is this like this? You know, <laughs> when somebody just didn't tell them that you need this for expansion and, and contraction. Mm -hmm. So I think consumers, consumers have to ask more questions they can go online they can look up what kind of questions should they ask but i think that's where the problem occurs is because they don't ask enough questions and oftentimes i also found they rely on the home builder particularly with wood floors the home the maybe the builder is going to install them and they often don't buy enough they don't buy the overage that they need. And then they've got installed some boards that should have been culled. And now there's a complaint. So I think they need to ask if who's going to install that floor 
And they're always better off getting a flooring professional, not a cabinet maker. I've been out on those complaints. Cabinet maker didn't know enough to leave an expansion joint. Um, So they need to find out who is going to do their installation. Who is this person? What kinds of things have they done before? And again, there should be online. The floor covering store should definitely have. I mean, if it was me, I, I would have video testimonials from my customer. I'd have the installer with their arm around the customer and the customer just glowing and excited, telling them what a great installation job and how terrific the person was that installed it. I mean, that's what sells the job, right? So, uh, that's uh, To be honest, that's what helps grow my business is my testimonials do more for me before I show up to a bid than anything else. Right. So consumers need to be looking for this. And and again, installers should be paying attention to their own. I mean, making sure that they do have these kinds of things online and and taking pictures with the customer. And the more videos, the better. And if they can do a little bit of before picture, this is what it looked like when we ripped out the countertop. Right. Mm -hmm. And before we did the backsplash. You know, just some quick shots and then the after shots and put those up. Uh, There's a local store here. They're good friends of mine. And I went out with the installer who was installing white carpet through this magnificent house. I don't know. Nobody should have white carpet through their whole house, but they did. And um, I went out and I had spoken with the installer before, but we did a walkthrough about how he was doing the installation on this model home. And as I said, it was a very expensive home. And that video was very, very helpful to the store owner because it answered a lot of questions for consumers. Okay. Having, having these kinds of things are really important. You know, a little bit before, a little bit after, um, you know, showers, Ripping out bathtubs, putting in showers, these kinds of things are pretty complicated. And if you can show the customer some of these things, it really helps the customer not have these unrealistic expectations, which is what causes troubles for everybody. Yes, things need to be communicated Absolutely. Clearly, uh, detailed estimates make a huge difference once you actually are moving forward with the job so that it clearly states this is covered. This isn't covered. This is what we're going to do. This isn't what we're going to do. You've got to make sure that those expectations are, are clearly communicated and that you're like you said, when you're out walking the job initially and bidding it or when you get there ready to install it to go over it and say, this is where we're going to put a seam. You know, we're going to have to put a T molding in this door because laminate can't go through it and stay right. contiguous. You, you've got to go over all those little options and say, okay, we're going to do X, we're going to do Y, we're going to do Z, and then we're going to move on and we'll do one, two, three, and everyone knows what's going on and how it's going to happen. And now there's an open line of communication instead of just getting it done and then the client at the end saying, well, this isn't what I asked for. Well, it is, but I just didn't know that that's how it had to be. Well, yes, and along with that, you know, things that, again, are custom. Consumers don't always know enough to ask for them, like marble thresholds. Now, if I was an installer, 
you know, I would be carrying a lot of things in my truck that other people wouldn't be. I can still remember in my kitchen when I had to rehab this old house, they in between the these two floor covers, they put a piece of metal. I went crazy. I said, what is this? I came home and there's a piece of metal in the doorway. And I said, what is this doing in here? And he said, well, you need, you know, you need a transition. I said, but I don't need a piece of metal in there for goodness sakes. And he said, yeah, you're right. You don't need one. I said, you can tuck it. It doesn't even need anything. Mm -hmm. But see, these kinds of things. Now, I think particularly for women, you know, look, we're, if you, we're always trying to figure out like what kind of makeup are we wearing? What color is it? What kind of nail polish? What kind of, we pay attention to those details. Not saying that men don't, but you know, I'm looking down at my floor and I want those two floors to look good together. So I, I don't think consumers know enough to ask uh, because they just don't know much about it. Right. Yeah. But if I've got somebody there, who, you know, I can remember in my bathroom, you know, the installer came and did the bathroom. He was a friend of mine. We went out and picked out everything for the bathroom. And, you know, we, he said to me, okay, you need marble thresholds here. That's what this old house needs. I mean, it was a three foot piece. And I said, I didn't even, I said, oh, we do? He said, yeah, that's what's going to make this look really nice. So we had really had to shop around for that in this town. But that made a huge difference there. And it was the only piece. I only had one piece. It wasn't very expensive, but, you know, it looks really, really nice. So mm -hmm. customers somehow need, that's why on a website, like a flooring website, there needs to be things like that on there. How to customize your job, how to make your house look different. And to have, like, I know if you're doing ceramic tile in these old houses, it's really a problem because nothing is square and nothing is straight. You rip out a kitchen, you don't have the pieces you need, you know, and you've got to cut them and you've got to make sure the corners are right. These are things that consumers don't know about and they really do need to know. I mean, if, if I had a floor covering store, these would be the kind of things I would be doing. I would be showing all kinds of custom things on my site mm -hmm. for a couple of reasons. One is that, it gives the consumer something really, really different. And if it's the same as everybody else's number one, that means that it's not worth very much in, in some ways. So you want something different. And as a store owner, I would want to do something different because I want to be remembered as the person who did that gorgeous medallion as you walk in the front door in the foyer. Mm -hmm. But Somebody, see consumers, well, they read a lot now and they've got magazines, so they probably know more than that. But if you're going in, let's just say you're going in to refinish a wood floor. And so you're, you should be thinking as an installer or the consumer should be thinking, how can I make this really interesting? Maybe it's a border around the outside. Now, maybe it's some herringbone that would look good in a certain section. You know, but consumers need to know what the options are. And we as store owners or installers need to be really up on this stuff. I remember when I was in business, my installers were required to come. We, we did a school once a month for three hours. 
I paid them to go there, but I had a friend who taught at the local prison and he taught flooring installation and he was terrific. And so he would come once a month and he would show something, show a new technique, talk about a new product, but my installers went and I gave my installers a certificate. So they all had certificates okay. for for wood. They had them for, for, in those days, it was vinyl. They had them for carpeting. And so, you know, I think consumers should be looking for people who have some sort of, um, as I said, certifications or licensing uh, because it, it just changes the game. It does. I know I'm getting somebody, I know I'm getting somebody who, you know, maybe even if they started out three years ago, they've been to plenty of schools, they've upgraded their skills. And so, you know, I can be assured that this is somebody that I can depend on and trust. 100%. You know, I, I'm about to get ready in January to go take a class in Texas at the, at CFI certified flooring installers on laminate and hardwood. I think the the huge point of this show is continuing education. Uh, This obviously is for homeowners to be more educated about hiring an installer or flooring store, what kind of things they need to look out for. But we're putting that education out there as installers, shop owners, salespeople. We need to be looking at how we can be better educated, whether we're doing audio books, reading a book, going to seminars or the big conventions like surfaces, things like that for the industry, we have to continue to be educated as well. And that's what makes the difference is so when you said, you know, maybe you hire somebody that only has three years experience, but has a certification over a guy that has 20 years. Sure. That guy that has 20 years experience. Well, he may technically I've heard it put away by some other installers that I know. If you only repeat what you've learned that first year over 20 years, you still only have one year of experience. Whereas the guy that has three years experience in the certification, he's probably finding new ways to do things. And he really, truly does have three years of experience. Right. And, you know, installers miss the boat by not, um, say, like having something out there about themselves that they that they um, can be hired, you know. I'm not, they don't have to be a floor covering inspector necessarily, but mm-hmm. they can be hired to go out and look at floors and make recommendations. And the same thing with um, store owners. So they can be consultants for consumers. Like, what do you think would be the best thing? You don't have to give all of your services away. I mean, I got a call the other day for somebody that in my aging, I teach an aging in place class. And that's the pretty hot thing these days because it's a a place for floor covering um, store owners and also for um, people that do insulation because people who are buying homes have to decide whether or not they're going to live there forever or whether or not they're going to move again. Nobody really wants to go to a nursing home. They want to stay in their homes, but... Homes are not necessarily the right. Your home may not be the right place to stay. It may need an elevator in it. It may need so many kinds of things done um, to make it so that you can live in it as you age, that it may be the wrong house for you. But things like bathrooms and showers, 
these are places for floor covering stores to look at. That's why they need to have somebody who's certified aging in place specialist. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these showers, I mean, you're talking about ripping out, there's a lot of it going on in my neighborhood. I see people ripping out bathtubs and putting in, you know, bigger, bigger shower areas so people could use a wheelchair if they need to. And these are not old people, but they like their houses and they want to stay here. So there's a lot of, there are a lot of opportunities for floor covering people um, if they know their stuff. And these are also expensive changes for consumers. So if that's something that you're certified in, that you understand uh, what needs to be done, what kind of flooring you should use, what you should not use. Um, So these are new areas for flooring stores and installers. Yes. So Liz, I, you've given so many wonderful considerations to our our listeners. I think homeowners have a lot to think about, directions to go. I I truly appreciate all of your insights. Uh, Is there anywhere that they can can find you if they want to look you up and learn more about you? Or maybe they want your services before they bring in a flooring store? Um, Yes, they can. So let me just spell my name. It's Lisbeth, L-I-S-B-E-T-H, Calendrino, C-A-L-A-N-D-R-I-N-O. I'm on all the usual social media sites, but you could look up my website, lisbethcalendrino.com, or my email, which is lisbeth at lisbethcalendrino.com, so I can be found that way, or... Give me a call. I'm on the East Coast, 518-495-5380. And I love to talk to consumers, and I love to talk to installers and floor owners. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. I, I Like I said, I, I think those are great insights. And if, you know, I, I know that I can have you back and we can talk about so many more things uh you just you you are a wealth of knowledge and experience well thank you kyle and of course you know if you want to look at um floor covering news i write a column there and i write for fabulous floors magazine which is more of a consumer magazine so there are other places that you can find me awesome thank you so much thank you so much kyle bye bye that's all the time we have for this week Be sure to subscribe so you can hear each and every episode. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and most major podcast directories. Don't forget to leave a review and let us know what you think about the show. If you'd like to be a guest, have questions or feedback, you can email us at flooreducation at gmail.com. You can help support the show by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash flooreducation. Remember, your education never stops.